0: This is Melissa Milner. Welcome to the Teacher As Podcast. The goal of this weekly podcast is to help you explore your passions and learn from others in education and beyond to better your teaching. The Teacher As Podcast will highlight innovative practices and uncommon parallels in education. All right. So in honor of Mother's Day, I'm very happy to share my amazing mother with the teacher as listeners. Welcome, Linda Fleischman, a.k.a. Mom.
1: Thank you very much. I'm
0: very honored to be part of this podcast. What do you want the teacher as listeners to know about you?
1: First of all, I actually went to college for uh, music ed. I was originally going to be a music teacher uh, and I was certified K through 12 and I taught for several years. Uh, I'll go into that later because you'll probably have questions about it. But after I taught for several years, I stopped and and had a family and then had two children, one being um, Miss Melissa Milner and my son, Bill Fleischman. And then I went back to teaching and I subbed for a while and there were no teaching jobs in Massachusetts. We had proposition two and a half in the early eighties. So I did a career change and I went and worked in an office and eventually was promoted to an HR person. And as of today, I, I, actually retired in 2008 from hr but i am still working part time doing hr and payroll
0: um can you mention your age that you're still
1: working i will be 80 years old in july it's
0: ridiculous mom
1: <laughs> but i in my in my defense i am working from home very part time so i don't have to commute And I was doing that even before COVID. I was able to work from my
0: house. Right. That's true. And money is money. It helps, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's right. So, Mom, why did you go into teaching?
1: Originally, I was a singer. I was gifted with a special voice, and I did a lot of singing in choirs and soloing in high school. And decided to do something that was connected with that uh, when I applied for college. And I definitely did not want to go into professional singing. It just wasn't me. I wasn't that competitive cutthroat type person. So I found a state school that was offering a music ed curriculum. And that was Lowell. State College at the time. It is now called UMass Lowell. And I went there for four years with a music ed degree. And just to keep in my back pocket, I took a summer course that also certified me in K-6 classroom teaching. I should also mention that I met my husband of almost 60 years at Lowell State College. So we had a great uh, match because he is a piano player and I was a singer. So we used to do a lot of performing where he would play with me. But I know I'm getting off a little off track. (laughs) (laughs) So I went into music ed. After I graduated, my first job was a music teacher in Ashburnham. And uh, I had my own music room, which was very nice because a lot of times when if there are any music teachers out there, they know that sometimes they have to go from room to room in order to teach music. But I had my own music room and the kids came to me and I liked it. But I listened to another podcast of yours and person by the name of Jan had the exact same reason that I had. Or switching from music to classroom. I just felt I just taught there for one year and I felt I wanted to know the kids better. I want to really get to know them and have a connection with them because they were filing in and out of my room every day and I enjoyed it. I had a good time singing and playing the instruments with them and everything, but it wasn't the same. So I was fortunate enough to get a third grade position in the next town. And I taught there for a few years. I taught third grade and then I taught fourth grade. And it was uh, a self-contained classroom. And I loved that. I remember saying to my mother, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. I liked it so much. We really, I really enjoyed it a lot.
0: So mom. Yes. When you switched, did you keep that passion for music alive? Did you sing songs with the kids? Did you do music even though you were a classroom teacher?
1: Absolutely. We we did have a music specialist that came around uh, once a week to do music with them. But every morning, we sang a patriotic song before we started our day. We had five different patriotic songs that we sang. America the Beautiful, the Star Spangled Banner, and whatever the other one's god bless america i think was another one but every day every monday through friday we sang a different patriotic song and the kids of course enjoyed that and they sang along with me uh, i did that and then i also played music for them a lot maybe when they were reading or or doing some art or something like that i always had music in the background
0: very cool It's a nice little way of, you know, having your passion go into your teaching, because that's something that we talk about on the teacher as so you're now working in an elementary classroom, third grade. And then you said, did you say fourth? Yes. What do you feel you were really good at and what challenged you? I think I was
1: really good at trying to individualize the program. Uh, even though we're talking middle 60s and we had a basal reader for reading, uh, the children did not go off and read on their own. They There was no what you call now, I guess, guided reading. We had a basal reader. And so we had little groups, the squirrels, the penguins, whatever they were. <laughs> but the kids knew who were the smart ones and who were the slow ones. But I liked reading and, and I, I did read aloud to them, which they loved, but I would say I, what I was good at was trying to individualize or at least in small groups, uh, help the kids from where they were to improve, to be better. I also loved math. I've always loved math. So we did a lot, uh, with math uh as well new math and we called it the new math but i did a lot with math what i wasn't good at was controlling one actually one boy that was very disruptive and um i ended i I was able to control him and but it was a distraction to me in the classroom uh, when he was in the in class and it was a distraction because i couldn't concentrate on what i what i really was wanted to focus on doing
0: in your summer course to become an elementary education teacher on top of the music teaching did you feel that that was covered at all how to work with students that maybe have challenging behaviors
1: uh very little i mean let's face it it was 6 weeks yeah in the summer So I would say very little. It was amazing that uh, I was able to get my certification, which is that nowadays, I mean, you need a master's degree and all all other kinds of things in order to be certified to teach certain subjects. But in those days, they just needed teachers. So they were able to, to offer that. And I always say my first year of teaching, the kids were the guinea pigs. But then you learn right along with them on what works best and what doesn't.
0: So mom, what what was your proudest moment in teaching or one of your proudest moments?
1: I taught third grade for a couple of years and then towards the end of the second year the superintendent came to me and wanted to meet with me. And I had no idea what he needed. And so I met with him and he asked me if I would go to the fourth grade with the same class that I had taught in third grade. And he said, because there were some discipline problems in that grade, and I seemed to handle them well, and the kids loved me, and could I possibly do that? And I said, absolutely. I love those kids, but I I felt very proud that he had the confidence in me that I could uh, handle doing that.
0: At some point you and dad decide to have a family and you decide to stay home with us. Were you sad that you were going to take time off from teaching?
1: I was not. Uh, We waited quite a while. I mean, nowadays it's not that long, but we didn't have a, we didn't have children until we were married for seven years. So I was very ready to take on the role of mom. And I said, And I felt that that was the most important job I would ever have. And it was. And I'm glad I did it because both of my kids turned out fabulously. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank you. But I was never upset that I was leaving teaching or anything like that. At the time, I assumed that when I was ready, I'd be able to get back in. So I didn't take a maternity leave or anything. I didn't go back to work besides substituting. I didn't go back to work full time until the kids were in third grade and fourth grade. They were only 18 months apart. So they were one year apart in school. So when they were in third and fourth grade, that's when I decided to go back to work full time and the teaching jobs were very scarce.
0: So when you went back in. Was it already different from when you had been teaching? Had a lot changed already when you went back to subbing and everything?
1: I didn't observe that much of a change. I subbed in the classroom, but I did a lot more subbing in music because it was hard for them to find music subs. So I did a lot of subbing in music, and which I, of course, enjoyed because I love music, But I, at one point, I did a long-term sub position. I think it was in second grade, and it was just about the same. Uh, Maybe the math changed a little bit, but the reading—they were still using the basal readers. It it wasn't that long of a of a period of time that that much changed. I mean, there were no computers or no nothing technically different because it wasn't invented yet right so there was still you know the blackboard there was still flashcards and things that we that I used when I was originally teaching
0: so you're doing the subbing you're you're trying to get a teaching job there are no teaching jobs why did you instead of just continuing to sub until the teaching jobs came back why did you decide to switch to doing something else
1: It was partly financial that, I mean, I wanted a full-time job uh, in addition to having the benefits that go along with a full-time job, which is uh, your uh, paid sick days, your uh, health insurance, um, all these things that go along with working full-time. And I was able to get into an office at the time, my first job in an office was as a finance secretary. And uh, I interviewed with the man and I said to, and, and that time the, the only thing we had was a typewriter and a calculator. There was no <laughs> were no computer. But I said to I said to him, I, you know, I've never worked in an office before, you know, and he said, I just want someone that has a head on their shoulders that will be able to learn. And that's what I did in in that first job. I I enjoyed it because it was working with numbers, and I like working
0: with numbers. So you are working with numbers, which was obviously a skill you used when you were teaching as well. Right. As you go into the business world, or whatever you want to call it, and eventually into human resources, what skills and... What talents from teaching did you bring into this new career? I would
1: say, of course, people skills. I ended up asking them to consider me. It was a large company. It was actually the corporate offices of Stop and Shop, which I think some people in Massachusetts might have heard of. (laughs) So I asked if there was an, an opening in human resources, I'd be interested. So I eventually got into human resources. And in that position, of course, uh, it was a lot of human interaction. It was a lot of counseling people uh, who were having problems, interviewing people who wanted a job. There was also a lot of a performance kind of component to it uh, because I had to stand up in front of a group of people, sometimes a large group of people, and explain maybe a new benefit or the 401k plan, things like that. And I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of adults that would be petrified to get up in front of a group. But because I was a singer and in music and also teaching, I was used to, to that. And so I think that skill became very valuable to me.
0: That is fascinating because I never think... I mean, yes, you needed to know how to teach something new to those people, but just the fact of being comfortable doing that,
1: right? There have been lists of some of the scariest things that adults have, and that's one of the things. And um, I, I can do it. Any, I mean, I, I'm totally comfortable with it, as you said.
0: That's awesome. So let's go back for a minute to when you started raising kids. How did you fill your day? I mean, you know, mom is a full-time job. Did you still uh, read a lot or did you keep up on educational things while you were home, you know, raising us?
1: There was no problem filling my day. (laughs) I had two kids in diapers for us a few years. And my grandmother, talk about Mother's Day, my grandmother used to say to me, Linda, when they lie down to take a nap you lie down and rest you need to you need to you know revitalize yourself so that when they wake up you'll be ready for them. so um, I tried to do that even though there was laundry there was all kinds of things in the house to do. but as far as reading very very little I read to them every single night
0: yes and we went to the library a lot.
1: Yes and I so I read to them every single night. My own private reading since I retired has been phenomenal. I love doing that. But um, also, just to get out of the house, I decided to take a course at one of the local uh, state colleges, and I took a course. And so my husband had to babysit one night a week when I was taking the course. And I got out of the house, and I got to speak to you know people maybe a little younger than I was, but It was social interaction. It was great. I'm trying to think of what the course was. It was something to do with reading, but I can't remember exactly
0: what it was. I have a very clear memory. Okay, there's two things. One, I remember you like taking a piece of paper and like basically writing out a worksheet for us. So you'd put some math problems. You'd put, you know, a word problem. You would give us like we'd have school. Really? Yeah. You don't remember that? No. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And then the other thing is the entire kitchen in Stoughton, our home in Stoughton, the entire kitchen wall was covered with our artwork and our it was, it was very much like a classroom with like a bulletin board.
1: <laughs> right, right. I do remember that. There was a toy box there too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, You are a great mom, and I think the teaching helped you be a great mom. I really do. Yeah. And you you always sang to us, too.
1: Yes, of course. Yes. I wanted uh, my children to be musical because their mother and father was musical. Uh, So, yes, I sang to them, and I moved them to the music, even when they were three, four months old.
0: So now you're retired. What are you Zooming in on? Zooming
1: in. I, I'm zooming in on counting my blessings and I do that a lot and you know my my husband as I said we're all married almost 60 years both of my kids and also the time that I have to do what I want to do as I mentioned before I love reading I knit I'm in a book club when COVID isn't around, I like playing Mahjong, so I'm that's that's a blessing too. I'm thankful for everything I have. I all, but I've always been a very positive person.
0: Yes, and you have a nice group of friends. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Do you have any advice? This is uh, as we're winding down here, and then I'll ask you the last question. But I did. Do you have any advice to the educators that are listening? I would say,
1: and even if you don't have children, when I became a mother, and and this, it, it seemed like I was I had a lot more empathy for each kid. I maybe I had it before, but I think I had more of it because I knew what what it would mean to my own kids. So I, it probably comes naturally to most of you, but I would say, zoom in and and be aware of what's happening with your with the kids in your classroom and try and get those clues from what's going on with them it might not they might not even say anything to you but you might be able to tell by the way they're acting that particular day and maybe you can take them aside and see what's going on i used to do that even before i had my own kids but it just became more prominent
0: after I had my own kids. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, also to add to that, just, you know, parent communication, because sometimes you're like, wow, wow, he is really different today. And then you talk to the parent and the parent's like, well, that's because ba, 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 ba.
1: Exactly.
0: The parent might not think to reach out to you, but then when you have that phone call, you realize, oh, it's, it's affecting him at school.
1: Yes, that happened. That that definitely happened quite a few times when, you know, I would, uh, speak to a parent, even things like the kid isn't isn't seeing the board. Right. Have their uh, eyesight checked kind of thing that the parent might might have not noticed it. So that, that's a very simple example of what a teacher can observe. And that's why it's so important now that most teachers and students are back in school physically. There's nothing that can replace that
0: Right. When you came in to visit, you've done it a few times you know, before the pandemic. What What was the biggest difference you noticed from when you were teaching to when you came into my classroom?
1: The biggest difference was that the kids were really on their own and knew what to do without any direction. I'm sure in the beginning of the year, there was all kinds of direction, but they knew what to do. They knew what was expected of them. They knew when it was time to come and speak to the teacher and when they could do something on their own. And also the physical setup of the classroom. We had bolted down desks in rows. <laughs> Shut up. Bolted? Bolted down desks. They could, We couldn't move them even if we wanted to. Yes, the physical aspect of the room. And of course, the other huge thing is the technology.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's outrageous. (laughs) Yeah. Right. All right. So what is your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie is Jurassic
1: Park. Ah, why? The very first Jurassic Park. That scene, when they came into that open area and the dinosaurs slowly walking in and how big they were and how it was just an amazing scene for me and I just loved that movie and I'm usually not a sci-fi person
0: or horror some of it was scary that's usually not your thing well
1: it was to me beautiful I didn't think it was scary at all but maybe if I was there I would be scared <laughs> but and again the music of course put you in the mood of how awesome it was
0: yeah It is. It would be incredible if that really could happen, but then it would be sort of a slippery slope and dangerous too. (laughs) Right. Definitely. As the movie shows. Well, mom, happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming on. And I hope that this episode proves that Whether it's in the 1960s or 2021, it really is back to connecting with the students and helping them individually, which was a great message that you gave.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. And um, I, I wish you luck and much success in the rest of your podcasts. I've been listening, of course, to everyone and I've enjoyed them all.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the Teacher As podcast so you can get future episodes. I would love for you to leave a review and a rating as well if you have time. For my blog, transcripts of this episode, and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. I am sending a special thanks to Linda and Lester Fleischman, my mom and dad, for being so supportive. They are the voices you hear in the Zooming In soundbite, and my dad composed and performed the background music you are listening to right now. My intro music was Upbeat Party by Scott Holmes. So what are you Zooming In on? I would love to hear from you. My hope is that we all share what we are doing in the classroom in order to teach, remind, affirm, and inspire each other. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.